You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. Our scripture reading is found in the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, and I'm reading from the Common English Bible. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort in love, any sharing in the Spirit, any sympathy, complete my joy by thinking the same way, having the same love, being united, and agreeing with each other. Don't do anything for selfish purposes, but with humility think of others as better than yourselves. Instead of each person watching out for their own good, watch out for what is better for others. Adopt the attitude that was in in Christ Jesus. Though he was in form of God, he did not consider being equal with God, something to exploit but he emptied himself by taking the form of a slave and by becoming like human beings. When he found himself in the form of a human, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God highly honored him and gave him a name above all names, so that at the name of Jesus, everyone in heaven, on earth, and under the earth might bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Jomer, for reading our scripture today. This scripture is commonly known among biblical scholars as a Christ hymn. If you look at it, when it's formatted on the page of a Bible, you'll actually see the portion of it that is considered to be the lyrical poetry that may have indeed be sung by people in the early church. In these verses, St. Paul presents the very nature of God, the very character of God that we see revealed in Jesus Christ. God's nature and character was revealed in Christ 2,000 years ago and continues to be revealed today through Christ's body, the church. This passage is continuing to build on one of Paul's earlier teachings in the first chapter of Philippians, where he said that we are to, quote, live in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ, end quote. Despite Paul's precarious circumstances when he wrote these words, when he was in prison and he was facing potential execution, Paul writes this letter to the church at Philippi and he says that he is filled with joy and love. His joy is rooted in his mission as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Through this letter, we see how passionate he is about sharing the gospel with the church, beseeching those in Philippi to complete his joy. He he appeals to that early church to be united and to embrace humility. 
In verses one and two of the scripture that Jomer just read for us, he expresses his desire that the church join him in Christ's love and unity of purpose when he says, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, end quote. But unity alone is not the goal. The goal is for Jesus's followers to become more like Jesus himself, more like their Messiah. By following him, it would unite them. And by living their lives in the same way that it would change their lives, it would then change the world. And for Paul, following Christ includes embracing humility. Verses three and four say, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Paul bridges a call of unity with humility in this great Christ hymn. And he includes this line, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. We so often talk about having a heart that follows Jesus, but here he includes our minds, reminding us that we have an intentional choice that we can follow in the way of our Messiah, uh, follow in the way of our Savior, that it is not just by the whim of our hearts and our feelings, but it is indeed by our very minds that we make the choice to follow Christ. He continues on to explain more about the mind of Christ. If we look at verses 6 through 11, it reveals what the mind of Christ is like, and it lays out the very essence of God revealed in Jesus. God in Jesus does not exploit or grasp after equality with God, the creator, because seeking power is not God's way. Instead, God puts on human flesh and comes in human form as Jesus. Theologian Dr. Amy G. Oden reminds us in her commentary on this text, quote, it's a pretty radical idea, God descending into human flesh. God chooses downward mobility against all expectations of a deity, If folks have spent a lot of time in church, it's likely that they have become complacent to the idea of God becoming human. It's sort of like a wallpaper of our faith all around us, and yet just sort of there in the background. These verses from Philippians 2 call us to see, again, or maybe for the first time, how absolutely radical it is that God has come to be human and what this means for our lives. She continues on by saying that in the ancient world, a God who was, quote, born in human likeness, as verse 7 tells us Jesus was, this is a self-demoting God, hardly the sort of God useful for humanity. It's one thing for Zeus to become human for a day to play tricks, but it's quite another for the God of the universe to empty himself and take on the form of a slave. That is to take on flesh, become fully human, suffer and die. She asks, who needs a God like that? 
This God doesn't sound like a winner, like a mighty deity who comes to the aid of powerless humans, or like a super kick-butt, take-names kind of deity that we want on our side. In fact, ancient folks were unlikely to trust the judgment of such a loser God who chooses this sort of downward mobility. In the Roman Empire, dominance, victory, and ascendance, those were the signals of power and authority. So how is it possible for humility, servitude, submission, and even death to signal power and authority? Yet verses 6 through 8 tells us everything about this God we need to know. That Jesus empties himself, becomes a servant in order to fully inhabit humanity, to fully incorporate human life into divine life. This God loves and longs for us so much that God enters into human life, not just putting on a human suit for a day, but becoming fully human and submitting to all the indignities and also the joys of being human. This is not the Messiah that people had been expecting. They were waiting for an emperor or a military leader, and instead they got a humble servant. This radical humility of Jesus reveals God's self-giving love, which even went to the sacrifice of death. Jesus' death on a cross is the perfect self-expression of God's willingness, willingness to give all for humanity. In Paul's time, the ancient world had their heroes who were also considered gods. Names that we have probably heard of today like Alexander the Great or Emperor Augustus. These were the leaders of that day who had tremendous power and military might. That gives us a glimpse of how people expected their Messiah to come. Someone who could overcome those powers of the empire. So how countercultural is it that the Messiah who came is the one who came with a humble image of a servant who was willing to even submit to a cross. Where humility was considered a weakness in the ancient world, Paul elevates humility into a virtue. Jesus set aside his own privilege for the sake of the world. And through his humility unto death for our salvation, God then exalts him, then gives him a name above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. The radical humility of Jesus Christ reveals the mind of Christ. And this is what Paul wants the early followers to follow. He wants them to put on the mind of Christ, to embrace this radical humility that was countercultural and subversive in the ancient world, and quite frankly, continues to be countercultural today in our modern world. The self-giving way of God and Jesus is in stark contrast to the might of today, to the celebrity, to the fame, to the viral fame to everything that the world lifts up as a virtue for us to strive for. 
This self-giving God in the form of Jesus came with love for us and models the love and the life that we are to have today. This Christ hymn is one that challenges us to follow after Christ in humility. There was another song that I heard this week for the very first time. It's by the singer David Lamont, and it's entitled Butler Street. There was one verse that really jumped out at me as such a stark contrast to the Christ hymn that we're looking at today. He wrote, Sing me a song about Jesus, but please don't sing about the poor. It's already been a long day. I really don't want to hear any more. Sing me a song about Jesus that will make me feel happy inside. Sing me a song about forgiveness that will make this lifestyle feel justified. Ooh, I can touch a nerve. Doesn't that poke at the uncomfortable truth that we want to follow Jesus? We really do. But we have to put that faith into action. We have to put on the mind of Christ and live like him. But how tempting is it to want to just sing happy songs about Jesus that doesn't ask anything of us? It's been a long day. It's been a long week. It's been a long year and we need a break. But the Christ hymn of Philippians 2 shows us how countercultural God is and how we are called to live the same way. It makes it clear that God does not withhold love until we are able to earn the right to have divine love. We don't have to rise up to God's level. Instead, God has stooped down to humanity's level. God has entered into the messiness of human life. And this is where God meets us. God has come into the messiness of life, and that means that in the messiness of our own lives, we meet God there. No matter how tired we are, no matter how much we just want to feel good, we meet God wherever we are in our life, no matter what is happening. And then God calls us to step out against the grain, against the pattern of this world, against all the things that call to us, the false idols of money, of fame, of success. Instead, God calls us to live this counter-cultural narrative, to be the people who know that winning isn't everything. Instead, those of us who follow Jesus take on the same downward mobility attitude about life, that we are to have the same mind that was in Christ Jesus being humbled by the same love that was in Christ Jesus, so that when we embrace this fullness of love for ourselves and for the world, it brings glory to God. Our world cries out for mercy and justice and loving kindness. We as humans can follow Christ in the messiness of this world. We as humans can rise up and be the ones who lead the way into a new way of living. May we be willing to embrace the humility of Christ. May we be willing to be the ones who go out into the world and who lift up the way of Christ so that indeed every knee shall bow and every tongue confess 
May we walk in the way of Christ in all the humility that it comes with. May it be so. Amen.